Hello and welcome to The Personal Investor. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, the effect of the current economic turmoil on stock markets and other assets has been clear, but its impact on property prices is proving a little harder to judge. From offices to warehouses to the semi-detached house at the end of your road, what's going on with the property market? That's the focus today. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. Travel into a city like London and you'll see the skyline dotted with dozens of cranes constructing the next generation of high-rise office buildings. That would suggest that demand for commercial property is in good health, defying the dire predictions that followed the pandemic, that business would no longer want to splash out on workspaces for its staff. But looks can be deceiving. Commercial property works on a long time horizon and problems can take a while to show up. Construction going on today will have been agreed many years in advance. So for a snapshot of the health of the market right now, you need to look a little closer. And currently the picture is not so rosy. To talk it over, I'm joined by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Tom, I want to cover the whole property market in our conversation today, including the outlook for residential property and house prices. But let's start with commercial property, shall we? What signs are there that the market is facing some difficulty? Hi, Ed. Yeah, I think it all sort of comes down to the arithmetic of um, uh, of investing in property. Uh, I mean, essentially, there is a cost for an investor in property, and that's really determined by the cost of borrowing money because investing in property is, is, is to a large extent done with borrowed money. On the other side of the equation, of course, is the money that you can uh, receive in terms of uh, rental uh, income. And the two are moving in opposite directions at the moment. Um, there's been so much money has poured into uh, commercial property over recent years because it's been seen as a as a source of uh, reliable income. And the money that's poured in has pushed prices higher and that has pushed the yields. It's a bit like a bond. Yields and prices move in opposite directions. The yields on commercial property have fallen. At the same time, the cost of borrowing money to fund those purchases has gone the other way. Interest rates are rising. And so what we've seen recently is that the cost of funding the borrowing to purchase a property has actually risen above the uh, the rental yield that, a, that an investor is able to receive from their property. That is doesn't make sense that is not that's not good arithmetic for an investor and so that really is the 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 essence of the uh, of the problem that we're seeing or the, the the sort of nascent problem the problem that's just arriving really for the property market and that's a, a metric that you'd only know really if you were familiar with the as you say the arithmetic the finances behind commercial property investments um it's not always apparent in the world around us, is it? As I hinted at in my introduction, there tends to be this overhang with property, doesn't there? You've got um, you know, problems that will take a long time to show up because building a property takes a long time to plan it and build it. It takes a long time to sell it. Transactions take a long time. And when you find tenants to fill your building, they're going to be on agreements that last a long time. So all that has to play out before you can see any any hit to demand or or anything that might show up in terms of prices yeah there's always a lag with 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 property and you're absolutely right you know part of the part of the 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 problem is the time that it takes to to build a property it's a little like um it's a a little like the commodity market actually when it when it comes to you know investing in new copper mines or or, um, iron ore or something it's it's a big project that takes many years and sometimes those projects can come on stream 
at the wrong time from an mm. economic perspective because the economy is turning down when all of that supply comes on. Well, property is very similar in that regard that, you know, as you say, you can have lots of cranes around the city. That's because projects which started four or five years ago are still going on even as the demand for that property is beginning to fall away. And and the circumstances, you know, I, I referenced the pandemic in my introduction. That's part of this picture, isn't it? Because for, for some types of commercial property, we're going to come on to actually there being lots of different types of commercial property, but that's part of the picture, certainly for offices, this question mark about demand in terms of how much we're going to need offices. But now that's run into a new crisis, if you want to call it a crisis around borrowing costs, not just what the Bank of England is doing, but what the market rate for... Um, raising money to to buy property is yes that's right i mean they they, they are moving on different cycles that that and the, and 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 some of it is actually not just about the economic cycle but there have been changes in the way that we use property and that's to do with the with the pandemic but that's hitting up against the property market at the same time as the economy is on the turn and monetary policy is on the turn and it's the intersection of all those different moving parts uh, that that makes property a good or a bad investment so the, the the sort of narrative case for there being problems in the property market it's not hard to make that case given all that's going on and the reasons that you talk about um, but you might not necessarily see it in the valuation of instruments investing in property. I mean, before we came in to record today, I was looking at the performance of various funds which invest in commercial property. That's how um, ordinary investors have to get exposure through a fund. And at first glance, you might not see any big deterioration in in the fortunes of property funds. Just recently, year to date, some of them are up. um, But even those that have fallen have only fallen a bit, much less than the stock market in general. But context is very important, isn't it, Tom? Because if you look at returns of those funds since 2020 and the pandemic, they are much worse. So property sort of entered this year um, from a lower base. So that's sort of affecting what we can see now in terms of performance figures. And and where you really see potentially signs of of difficulty in um, the commercial property market is by looking at investment trusts, which invest in property. So not open-ended funds, but closed-ended funds. They have a share price. I'm sure listeners will be familiar with that. They have a share price that can move f- daily, you know, hourly, by the minute, much more nimbly, in other words, than the value of the buildings that they actually hold can move. And if you look at those prices, they've moved a lot and and discounts uh, for investment trusts investing in property have really, really widened this year. And that's the sign, perhaps, of the trouble the sector is facing. Yes. So you've highlighted one of the problems with uh, with property as an investment, which is that it is a very illiquid uh, investment. Um, uh, Properties are big lumps of value that don't trade very often. Uh, you compared it with the stock market where uh, a share is is a relatively small piece mm. of uh, value which moves around a lot and 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 is priced literally by the minute um, so they're very they're very different um, in that regard and the valuation of a property uh, can only be determined by a real transaction because it's only when a buyer and a seller come together and agree a price that 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 price is actually crystallized. So uh, if there aren't many transactions going on, and that's one of the features of a, of a, of a slowdown in, in the market is that there aren't many transactions, then there isn't much information for valuers uh, to go on. So actually, you don't really know what the true value of a property is. So you may be looking, 
in the rearview mirror at a, at the valuation last year, it's probably not of much relevance today. But it's the valuation that's in the books. Whereas you're absolutely right, a uh, a real estate investment trust, um, which is the publicly quoted vehicle through which most investors will get access to uh, the property market is priced on a daily basis and it will anticipate changes in in valuation so if mm. if if investors think that the value of property is let's say a bit of an illusion that it's higher than it actually is in reality then they will mark down the price of those real estate investment trusts those REITs um, and that will create this this discount between uh, the, the, or the gap between the price at which the REIT trades and the apparent value of its underlying assets. And that's the situation we find at the moment. REITs are trading at a big discount. And it's kind of a canary in the coal mine. It's telling us that investors think that the market is going to fall, that the real value of those properties is not as high uh, as the book value. Okay, okay. Well, that all sounds quite grim, I would say, for the commercial property market, Tom. What can we say about the asset class in general from the point of view of investors? It, it has hold, held an attraction, hasn't it? Um, I, I think people like the idea of there being something solid behind the investments that they make. You can see that these properties in the world around them, not just offices, actually, we have a tendency maybe to um, concentrate on offices, but actually it could be warehouse spaces, out-of-town shopping, a whole, a whole range of different properties. They, there can be attractions to all of that, uh, but there are risks as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we mustn't be too hard on the property sector because uh, it does have attractions for, for investors. You, I mean, you highlighted one of them there, which is the, you know, the sheer variety of the different types of investment in, in, in property. It's a very diverse sector. Uh, it, it's affected by, by um, different parts of the economy. So that, 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 that is attractive. Um, we've talked about the yields, the rental yields on property. Um, they can be quite uh, steady and solid. Um, uh, if you've got a good tenant in a property and they're there for many years, then that's a reliable income. So that can be attractive. Um, those rental um, th those rental incomes uh, tend to rise in line with inflation. So they can act as something of a hedge against um, rising prices. And as you say, it's a real uh, tangible, um, uh, solid asset, something that you, you can rely on. The risks, though, I think are relate to, to what we were talking about before is the, the, this illiquidity um, mm. of the market. It's difficult to buy in and sell out of, uh, of commercial property. You really need to access it through, through a fund, um, which it itself can be a rather illiquid way of, of gaining access to, to the property market. So I think there's a... There's a um, uh, a, 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 a an attraction in in that the property works in different ways from other financial assets. Works in different ways from shares and from yeah. bonds, and mm. so uh, that that's that that's a useful um, uh, balance uh, within a portfolio. But it does come at, at a price. And I think you know it's 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 true of any investment, but really really true of commercial property. You do need to understand what what it is you're investing in and how it might behave because. We've, we've spoken about different types of property that's important to understand what mix of properties a fund holds. It's likely to be a far small, smaller number of um, individual assets than, say, a fund that might have hundreds and hundreds of uh, company shares in it. Um, that's important to understand. But it's also important to understand why you're investing in it. The, 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 the rental income case 
isn't the same as the sort of capital appreciation case. And I guess there's been a lot of people that bought commercial property in years gone by because they've seen this uh, growth in value of, of, the, of those properties. And that might be to do with the, the, the properties, but it might be because the world has been chasing an income and has been looking to the assets like that and driven up the price of them. You need to understand what risk that, that holds and that can fall away. And that's sort of what's been happening. Yes, and and you could argue that you know we're we're probably at the end of a long period in which interest rates have been falling, and so therefore investors have been chasing that yield. So we've had a, a an unusually good period of time um, for property in the same way that we've had an unusually good period of time for investing in bonds, for yeah. example. Yeah. Because um, they're not dissimilar in 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 some ways uh, as as an investment asset. Um, maybe maybe those really good years are in the past, but that doesn't mean that in a diversified portfolio, some property doesn't have a role to play. Absolutely, and there's all, and and there's many many different types of property fund, of course. And you know, we we spoke about investment trusts uh, investing in commercial property. Many people say that that's the way you should invest into commercial property because we don't really have to get into it, but there are technical difficulties sometimes in investing in commercial property through an open-ended fund. Uh, it, the, the price of the fund may not move about as much, but we've seen it. There have been instances in the past when there's lots of outflows from those funds. Uh, the people managing the fund simply have to close them down. You can't get your money for periods because... They can't meet the redemptions through selling their assets because commercial property is a difficult and slow thing to sell. Mm. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think that the the closed-ended nature of a, of a of a real invest real estate investment trust is an advantage. It means uh, that the manager of that fund is not obliged to to sell property. Uh, in order to meet uh, redemptions, uh, that's very important because, as you say, that you ca- these liquidity constraints can cause a problem in in difficult markets. Okay. Okay. Well, Tom, I did also say that we'd have a look at residential property today. Now, some of the same forces that are hurting commercial property, they also act on residential property as well in terms of borrowing costs, for example. Um, but price rises for residential properties have been very strong. We probably get more information, frankly, in terms of transactions on residential property than we would on commercial property. What is the outlook for house prices, given all that we've said about commercial property? Yes, well, as you say, some of the factors are the same. Rising interest rates are obviously an issue because the, the, the cost of uh, mortgages uh, is, is, is rising. And as people um, remortgage their properties, maybe a fixed rate mortgage run, runs out and they need to, they need to uh, roll over that debt into a new uh, arrangement. It's probably going to be at a higher rate. So that's definitely a negative. Affordability is clearly an issue, just as, it, just as in the commercial property. A lot of money has gone into uh, the residential property market, pushed prices higher. So affordability is, a, is an issue. Um, supply is clearly a, a factor. Um, uh, there, for years, for decades, there has been a, a mismatch between demand for property and supply in this country, and that and, and that persists. Um, and then I think you know you have to look at it in the context of the current economic situation that we do have a cost of living crisis. People are spending more money on 
um, heating and eating. We know that. That leaves less money uh, over for, for paying the mortgage. That makes it more difficult to, for people to meet their mortgage payments. So I think there are a number of um, um, headwinds for uh, the property uh, market. Perhaps the most important thing is whether or not we go into a recession because people, people will continue to pay their mortgages just as long as they can. It's the last thing that you give up. Mm. Um, you know, you'll stop your streaming services or your gym membership. You won't stop paying your mortgage unless you absolutely have to. So the most important thing really for the for the housing market is the is the health of the employment situation, the jobs market. So as long as people uh, are in are in work, then I think uh, the the supply demand balance will support the housing market. So whether we go into recession is really important. And, and history suggests the UK residential housing market is incredibly robust, isn't it? Because I think really the only significant period of decline in prices was around the financial crisis, and that was that was a, a financial crisis around. Uh, credit and that's directly impacted the ability of people to buy houses um they are very sticky aren't they even when the economy looks like it's heading into trouble even when interest rates are a little bit higher uh people really 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 do like buying houses and are willing to pay the price for them so is it what would have to happen for us to have significant house price falls i mean you've you've, you've sketched out a recession, those conditions may be higher interest rates. What exactly would it take? Well, I mean, in my adult lifetime, there have only been two downturns in the in in the housing market in terms of falling prices. Uh, in the early nineteen nineties, uh, recession uh, caused a. Um, and even then, there was a sort of technical issue about um, uh, the, the the taxation situation regarding um, mortgages in the in the late 1980s, which which fueled a boom in in the house prices, which then um, uh, fell away. So there was that, and then there was the financial crisis. It is pretty unusual. Mm. What tends to happen is that um, uh, house prices just go flat for for an extended yes. period of time, and you know in a in an inflationary environment that is a real term decline but people don't really notice it so much mm -hmm. uh and and the, the housing market essentially just waits for 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 you know the the, the rest of the economy to catch up yeah so it, it is a it is a it, it is a relatively uh, robust uh, part of the part of the economy so i and 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 as i said before demand continues to outstrip supply um, and uh, and I and I see no reason why that that shouldn't fall. I think you know if we do get a recession and interest rates um, uh, rise more sharply than than we expect, uh, that that may cause a fall. But I, I think that the other factor is that um, uh, house prices will fall if people are overstretched. And I think that the the rules around lending have changed so that fewer people are overstretched than maybe was the case in, in previous uh, downturns. Um, so I think that, that makes the market a bit more robust than maybe it was in previous uh, previous cycles. And, and just finally, Tom, this, this sort of difference, you were talking about commercial property and residential property. I guess one difference when it comes to people's houses is that people will always need somewhere to live. That's different from a business, actually, because the experience of the pandemic was that there's plenty of businesses out there that really, if it came to might not need premises. Some of the most forward-thinking Silicon Valley uh, companies have no premises, have always been remote working. And that's a, that's a big difference, isn't it, with 
with residential property? It's a complete difference. Yeah, I mean the commercial uh, property market is, is affected by lots of lot, lots of factors which change demand very significantly. So think about online shopping. You know that yeah. that dealt a real blow to secondary shopping sites. You know high streets, which weren't where people really wanted to go. Online shopping was a, was a real problem for that. Working from home has has created a completely changed dynamic for offices. Uh, for example, um, that's not the case with with um, uh, residential property because, as you say, everyone needs to live somewhere, um, yeah. and that's not going to change. It's, it's interesting what you say there about the commercial property. Yeah, I've, I've even in my sort of just uh, relatively short career writing about these things, you've seen these cycles that for a long time, you know, it was the world was all about going to out of town uh, retail spaces and shopping centres, and they sort of grew up in my lifetime, and then. And then something like the pandemic comes along and it's all completely different again. And then suddenly they, we, we want big logistical warehouses because that makes home delivery work. Commercial property is su- subject to these big trends in the way we live that are a bit hard to predict and can completely upend everything. And just one other thing to add to that, actually, which is a really important uh, factor in the commercial property market, is uh, the whole sort of move towards uh, more sustainable greener office space because what that's going to do is it's going to render whole swathes of the current um uh uh, estate of of property um redundant Mm. there'll be many many offices which uh, are simply not up to scratch if we're going to meet our climate change uh, commitments and that changes the whole commercial property situation as well okay okay well tom that is all the time we have for now thanks for joining me Thanks, Ed. You've been listening to the Money Talk podcast. Check fidelity.co.uk for daily written updates and articles on these and other topics from across Fidelity in the UK. And subscribe via iTunes to get the podcast downloaded direct to your devices every week. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.